welcome to episode 11 of the Late Apex. Um, we've got a reduced number of hosts on tonight, uh, seen as Aaron is sat watching uh, Celebrity Love Island or something like that, because Carol Vorderman's going in on it. Uh, so, yeah, he sat at home with bated breath. Uh, and Jamie's currently getting ready for uh, No Limits uh, round at Cadwell Park. So he's, uh, yeah, busy twizzling the spanners. So it's me and Tom, uh, who you may have seen, did quite well. Although his dad would probably say it was average. But yeah, he did all right at Scarborough, didn't you, mate? Yeah, it went too bad, was it? We'll have some of that. Yeah. What, what, happened, with the, what happened with the six, though? Because I know you didn't really do as, be- as well as you wanted on that, did you? Nah, not so great. I mean, the first day was brilliant. I think, what, what did we qualify? Qualified third. Hmm. And in the race on Saturday, finished third again. Um, and then the race from Saturday got cancelled due to, to time restraints. So it got pushed over to the Sunday. And then, uh, oh man, it's just a just a massive drama. That first race was just crap, to be honest. I've got the worst start. I always get bad starts, always. I don't know what is, what's wrong with me, but for years I've just had bad starts. And it always used to be a bit of a trademark of mine. I've got good starts. But um, yeah, just got an awful start from third was it from third dad or did they no, no you went they messed up the qualifying well, not messed up the qualifying but they worked out the change down there yeah so the qualifying grid was from the lap, lap times from from the race on saturday and i had an easy third like i was in third the whole race i had a big gap to second and, and a bit of a gap to fourth behind me so i was just keeping a pace and, and not not trying to push too hard you know so i didn't really need to push when in hindsight i should have went for a bit of a qualifying lap and pushed off further up the grid, but they couldn't confirm how they was going to work out the grids for Sunday on Saturday morning when they did the um the riders briefing. There was someone asked a question. They said, uh, so I'm probably not advertising Oliver's Mount too much here, but someone asked the question. <laughs> they said, So how are they working the grids out for, for, for the next race? And it's like, oh yeah, we don't know yet. So that wasn't ideal, but yeah, so we, we got we was in seventh for, for qualifying and I got pushed back up the start line anyway. Got absolutely bullied. Um, you went did a bit of grass tracking, didn't you? Yeah, and then said uh, I won't, won't give too many clues. That's who it was. Like, like fair enough to him. I, I was there at one point in my my career when I was young, dumb, and stupid. Um, but yeah, he was a bit erratic. He wasn't really respecting the the other riders or the track. And uh, it's it's road racing. Do you know what I mean? So he, he was he was new to the track. And he's just one of them people that people probably thought the same about me when they first saw me riding. But it's like, I hate to say this, but like almost an accident waiting to happen. Mm. Um, just showing no respect to the track, all the other riders. And uh, he was just being a little bit, uh, yeah, a little bit dangerous. But anyway, so I, got, I, I shouldn't have been in a battle with him anyway. I, because I got a crap start, I, I ended up dropping back. And I lined him up for a move on the first lap into Mountside Hairpin. And I was side by side with him. Next thing I know, he squeezed me out onto the grass on the inside. And I was like, ah, oh, man, that's not ideal. Um, let the brake off. Obviously, you can't brake on, on grass. Let the brake off, which meant I was never going to make the corner. I went shot, shot past like about three of them on the grass, got back on the tarmac. And I was like, shit, I need to stop this bike now and uh, try not to T-bone someone. And I remember sitting, it was a white bike. I don't know who it was. It was either Jim, Jim Hines or, 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 um, or Dom Herbertson. And he was fully like fully on his side, ready to get around the hairpin. And I was heading straight towards him. I was like, ah, shit, man, this isn't good. Uh, and yeah, yeah, jammed the front brake on, did a massive top rack style stoppy. 
then let the break off to like go through the gap when the gap formed and just slotted my way bet- between two riders. But anyway, yeah, buggered off down the escape road. Luckily, there is an escape road. And uh, re- rejoined the track in stone last, like miles behind. And I was like, well, yeah, that's my race gone, but I've got nothing to lose. Let's just uh, have some fun and go um, back on the pick- picking. And uh, oh man, I love that. I actually like, like, love them kind of races when you start from the back and you can just have a bit of a play, like, because the race is gone then, the pressure's yeah. off. And I was just like, right, get your head down and take as many as you can before the finish line. And uh, yeah, literally just did that. So I don't know what they were on the grid in my race. 25 or something in there yeah. and, and something like that but yeah so i picked pick loads off so i think it was a six lap or an eight lap eight lap race it was eight. and uh yeah ended up 11th in that um yeah that weren't too shabby that was all right and then the next race that was again massive drama on the 600 yeah we uh probably start again did exactly the same thing dropped back behind people that i shouldn't really be behind um Worked my way through a little bit and then no, yeah, it was on like second or third lap. Uh that was yeah, Jim Jim Hines that, that crashed at Mountside. Um and there was a couple of riders that I had to take avoiding action and there was like a big like there's waved yellows and there was a, a lot of riders overtaking people when they shouldn't have been. Um or if they did overtake riders, they should be then letting them back through. Yeah. So I had to overtake Mark Goodings because he had to take a board in action and I had to avoid him. And I ended up going past him and then went through Jeffrey's jump section, like in, the, in order to for us both not to lose the gaps to the rise in front, I just fucking went for it. Yeah. And uh, he tagged take him behind me, obviously. And then we got to the start line. And I, I wanted to do it in front of the start line as well so that people could see it. And like, if it went, if anyone complained at the Marshall post, they would then see at the start line, I, I pulled to the side and I said, I waved Mark on, I said, go on in, crack on. I gave him that position back because I passed him on a wave yellow. Um, that same person that squeezed me out also passed Mark, but didn't let him pass. So I was like, oh, man, you you are real pissing me off today, mate. <laughs> 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 and I, I got my head down. Literally, I passed Mark again straight away on, in, on the brakes, chased him down. And, uh, yeah, again, I managed to get, get, get by him on the last lap. Went on the inside, did exactly the same thing, squeezed me out. And I said, oh, man. So I let the break off, went back to the other side, to go past him around the outside. Again, squeezed me out and, and swerved onto the outside. And I was like, oh, I've got, already got the ump. But anyway, yeah, he pushed me wide. There was no way I was making a corner. And then one of the riders behind I managed to overtake me. So I think I ended the race in, in seventh. But in the end, he did get a 10-second penalty for, um, for overtaking on the yellow and not giving it back. Yeah. So in hindsight, I shouldn't have blooming gone for the overtake on the last lap, knowing sat, that he just, was going to have the penalty. Yeah. Yeah. Just sat in behind him. Yeah. Yeah. But so I think I ended up six. six. Now. But, but that was in the spring cup race, wasn't it? Yeah. It was the spring cup. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but then the but then the S Rad. Mm, yeah, the S Rad just unbelievable. Considering at Brands, we had all the problems with the kind flat side carbs, and we had it on the dyno afterwards, and it was running about seventy brake horsepower. And I still finished full foot brands on it. Um, but even then, I could tell that the bike had a lot of potential. And then we went to Oliver's Mount with Makuni carbs on it. Oh, man, the difference is just like night and day. The Makuni carbs are so light, so responsive. They actually let me give full throttle and have full power. So it's, I think it's running about 135 brakes. So it was nice to have a, yeah, a powerful bike that handled well. And 
literally, I, and, and I'm not saying this to sound because, like, obviously, we qualified third. Oh man, that was drama as well, qualifying. So there was a guy in front of me on one of the, like, it was pushing towards the end of the session. And literally in front of Andy, like Andy's been building this bike for two years. It's his pride and joy. He's put a lot of money, a lot of time and effort into it. And this guy crashes in front of me, hits the grass, slides out, and I'm heading straight towards him. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And I actually see in the corner of my eye, my dad and Andy with their hands up like, no. They could see what was, what was happening. And I just managed to swerve up and, and get around him. But I've done that a few times in my career. I, I feel like I'm, my reactions, like, I, just, I just know what's happening. I can just... Yeah, not target fixate and, and get around it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was lucky. And then that ended up getting red flagged that session, but I would have made up more time, I think, and I would have been better than third. But you put in the fastest lap, didn't you, though? So that was in that was in qualifying. And then in yeah. the yeah, the first race or the only race on Saturday, because we was only getting one on Saturday, two on Sunday. Um, awful start again. Like I, I don't know what's up with me, like I cannot start that bike. Yeah. That's that I can't start so, any bike at the moment. Dragging that baguette behind you, that's what it is. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> exactly. It's a big sale. Um, <laughs> now, that was just overgeared. That bike was overgeared. Um, and I probably could have changed it, but it was working as it was. So, and it was because it, it had so much torque and so much power out of them little hairpins, it's almost in my favor to run it in first and not have so much power initially and let, let it spread the power out. Otherwise, yeah. I just wanted to go up and do a wheelie and slide me down in the long run. So, I almost had to sacrifice off the line to, to gain out of that, them in the race. And then everywhere the gears just seemed to work. So I didn't really want to change it. But uh, yeah, got an awful start again. And it was nice to have a battle with, with David Bell and a guy called Barry Ferber. And we was all on three different bikes, all with their each different cap, like engine characteristics. And we all, it's all strong in different places. Yeah. But where we was overtaken, it was really safe, really enjoyable. And I just loved it. Like a big smile on my face. Just absolutely loved it. And yeah, in that race, I, I was closing. They kind of got away from me, like them too. But then I was, the more I was riding the bike and I was understanding it and, and working my way around it, uh, yeah, I, I just picked the pace up, caught them up and, and put the fastest lap in. So I was on pole for, for the two races on Sunday. And then, yeah. Waste of time. Then she did a flag to flag? Nah. Nah. So yeah, on Sunday, yeah, it was awful. Again, Sunday, yeah, awful starts. But yeah, just, just where I, Works out how, how, how to ride the bike, and I knew where my strengths were. Like the first race, they were close to me, weren't they? I think. Yeah. Like, it was still a battle, and then the second race, like I, I hate to say, like it makes me sound big headed, but like that bike was so good, like it was hard not to win. Like I knew exactly where I could overtake him, and then that's this is David Bell, and then when I when I did overtake him, I think I cleared off a little bit, and I could just control it really without having to push too hard, but. Yeah, man, it was a good feeling. It was so good, just so good, like to be riding it and it feel easy. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But when when I spoke to, when I spoke to you after Brands, I could tell that that bike was special, like that that you ticked it, like you clicked with it. A hundred percent. Like yeah. there's there's a lot of Gucci parts on there, and uh, yeah, I just got respect to her and and not ride like a dickhead and not make stupid uh, stupid mistakes and just yeah, keep on two wheels basically. So is, is that going to be getting raced at the Classic? Yeah, the yeah. Classic yeah. So that's the plan, yeah. So we, the, the current plan is not even to ride it in the rain until, we, until we're done the Classic because there's no point because obviously we don't ride in the rain yeah, yeah, around yeah. the Isle of Man. So, and while we're still developing it and, and, and doing it, we kind of thought it would be, it wouldn't be right from the off. 
I made literally, I, I did three turns, three clicks of compression off and a little bit of rebound off the front. And we changed the ride height for uh, Oliver's mount where at Brands we were, we were scrubbing the rear tire against the, the seat units was that we knew he was going to have ride height issues at, uh, at Oliver's mount over the jumps. So we quite drastically raised the, the ride height on it. And we was thinking maybe we'd have to make a load of, uh, load of adjustments. But yeah, literally minor adjustments and she was sweet. Nice one. She was good. So, Steve, I take it you've had you've had a big hand in building that bike, then. None whatsoever. None whatsoever. No. <laughs> None whatsoever. Well, quite a few parts. Yeah. Um, chatted through things with him, but that was probably about it. So you, your sole focus then is solely the R6 and and obviously Finn's Finn's bikes. I think that's more than enough. Fair one. <laughs> <laughs> you put a sh- you do put a shift in me. To be fair. I mean, come on, changing an engine at the side of the road in the Spain in a, in a housing estate and then testing it down the road. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, fair <laughs> one. So I suppose we ought to uh, introduce this week's guest because, as you can already uh, establish, we've got uh, Steve Whedon joining us, who's uh, basically the man behind the uh, the spanners for, for Tom. Uh, and also Finn Smart Whedon, uh, the latest winner of a British Junior Supersport round. Uh, it was a masterclass, really, on race management, in my opinion. Uh, really good race, uh, and up there with one of the races of the weekend, in my, in my humble opinion. So, gents, thanks for joining us. How are we doing? All good. Hi there. All yeah. Good. Nice. To, uh, thank you for having us. No, no. Our absolute pleasure. Um, to be fair, when I when I heard that you were getting on the six hundred, uh, and Tom was like, "Oh yeah, Finn's doing really well out here in Spain," I was like, "Right, this has got to happen." Um, and then I know that you've also got your GCSEs coming up and all that, so it just seemed a very good point to try and shoehorn you in into an episode rather than trying to get you when you're probably going to be stressed and be head buried in books. Yeah, good good idea. <laughs> so, so talk us talk us through last weekend then. Let's start there, shall we? Uh, well, for me, I was going into it uh, really confident, really happy. I think we had a really good testing program when we were in Spain. I mean, things didn't go to plan when we started on the four hundred in Spain. Uh, obviously, missing a couple of days because the engine and the gearbox weren't really working, which resulted in Dad having to do an engine change at the side of the road. Uh, but once we got going on the four hundred, like it didn't miss a beat. Uh, and I felt absolutely perfect on it compared to what I've done in previous years. Uh, when we were at Guadix and I rode the 600 and the 400, jump, I felt comfortable on the 600, but then jumping off the 600 onto the 400 meant the 400 felt so easy to ride. It just felt like a kid's bike. It felt so slow. The brakes were awful, but I could still brake really late because I was going into corners so much slower than before on the 600. I just felt really home on the bike. Uh, then we came back to England. I think we had a couple club rounds before BSB but then obviously a couple of weekends ago at Silverstone we had the test day on Thursday uh, and I went into the test day just really confident uh, missed the first session because it was raining so bad and we knew we weren't going to rain it wasn't going to rain on the weekend um, so I, just, I made the smart decision not to go out went out in the second session when it was drying I think I ended up somewhere like 20 seconds but I didn't let it hinder my confidence and then in the third session of the day, which was the only dry session we got, I was P5, but... Second, P2. Was I not P2 on Friday? I think it was P5 on Oh, Thursday. it might have been P5. Yeah, so I was P5 on the Thursday. But even then, like, I was P5, but I still thought I've got pace for a podium at least because I was 
already like I think it was it was like a dry in track there was still wet patches and I was already doing low 105s so I thought I've definitely got pace for a podium and then Friday got off to such a good start uh went out in free practice and I think I was I stuck it pole like well I stuck it top um about four laps in did a couple more laps got into the 104s and then pulled in uh sit the rest of the session out save the tires um sat the rest of the session out and I think I was first until about two minutes before the end and I was really considering going back out just to take the top stop it uh top step again uh but I made the smart decision I stayed in the pits um and I was quite happy with P2 in practice I knew going into qualifying I had to go for pole because I didn't I didn't realistically going into qualifying it's gonna sound really weird but I didn't want to be second or third I wanted to be first or fourth because I really didn't want to be on the inside going into turn one because yeah. I thought if I'm on the outside in the turn one, I can just hold turn one flat out and then I'll be good to go and I'll just lead the race. <laughs> and then in qualifying, I think I was switching places between first and second and third for most of the session. It was me and the Sim Series boys uh, switching place for most of the session. And I thought I'd taken first because um, when I came across the line, uh, I saw P1. And then the yellow flags were out at turn one. And I thought, well, there's yellow flags out. No one can go quicker. That means I've got it. But then I came around on my last lap after I'd just done a really slow lap because I thought yellow flags out, I can't go any quicker. And it was P2. Adam Brown had taken pole from me. So, but I was still quite happy with P2. Um, and was on the front row. It was my first ever front row start at BSB. But I definitely felt like I had more in me. Um, I did all of my laps on my own. I didn't have a slipstream. Whereas I um, imagine the... Other people in the front row probably did, especially around a track like Silverstone. So I knew I had pace going into the race. And then the first race, I didn't admit it at the time, but I was actually really nervous going into it because I'd never started on the front row before. And I think having the pace just made me more nervous because I knew I actually had to go fast and I had to be, I had to finish at the top. I couldn't just come home in ninth and be like, ah, oh, ninth was good enough because yeah. ninth wasn't good enough. What, thought, um, what, thought, what thoughts are going through your mind then when you sat there on that front row? Uh, I was just thinking don't wheelie don't have uh, don't crash into someone don't crash on that one all of the the easy ones just just get past that one and you're, you're good to go <laughs> and then I did the opposite of that on off the start dropped the clutch uh, I've just let the nerves get to me completely dropped the clutch front wheel came right up in the air um, and I thought oh no I'm going to get passed by everyone but then I, I didn't let the thoughts take over me. Um, I got the bike back, like front wheel back on the floor. And I opened the throttle and just thought, I've got to be aggressive into turn one now. Managed to hold P2 into turn one. And then originally my game plan going into the race was, I don't want to lead. There's no point leading around Silverstone. I'm just going to get done down the straight again. And then as soon as I saw the lead, like the overtake for the lead was possible, I was like, I'm leading. So <laughs> I went for the move into turn two, uh, got the lead. and then. I led for more laps than anyone else in that race. Uh, and I was consistently like front free a whole race, except for I think two times when one, la one lap, someone pushed, um, pushed me wide on the exit of turn one because they sat up mid corner. And then another lap, they pushed me wide again on the exit of Brooklands because they sat up mid corner. But I was still in the front pack for most of the race, like the uh, front free for most of the race even. Um, but then two laps, laps didn't you? No, that was, this that is was coming late. up. Yeah, this is coming up mm -hmm. now. So then lap uh, 13, I think, 
was the only time I dropped below P3. And that's because we're going into Brooklands and someone made an absolutely ridiculous dive bomb. Like I'm all for aggressive racing, aggressive moves, but they weren't even going to make the corner themselves with how late they braked. <laughs> they braked so late, completely um, outbraked themselves. I had to take avoiding action, sit up uh, because of that. And I dropped all the way back down to the ninth, I think. And then on the last two laps, I had to somehow get from ninth back to uh, first. And on that second to last lap, I think I made about four overtakes and I was up to P4. But by this point, whoever was in fourth had let the gap to third grow too much. And so I then had to make the next, um, I think, three, four corners just to try and bridge the gap to third. And by the last corner, I'd bridged the gap. And I thought, I'll go for a move into the last corner for third. And I went for the move and I pulled out a slipstream, I think, just a little bit too early. And ended up 0.018 off the podium, which was, it was, it was really frustrating, to be honest, because when I came in, I thought I've, I've led more laps than anyone else. I was clearly one of the quickest out there. I should have been on the podium. Uh, and I, I tried not to let anything get to me because I knew I should have been on the podium. and I, I didn't want to let the frustration make me slower for the next race. Yeah. So I, after the initial frustration in part Ferme, Tried to calm myself down and to be fair, it worked because then going into Sunday. But uh, what, what, the, did, what did you do to calm yourself down then? I just, I was breathing. So when I was in part firm, I pulled into part firm and I pulled in next to the person uh, who dive bombed me. And I was like shouting in his face. I was like, what are you doing? Why, why are you making a dive bomb like that when you've got no chance of a podium? You just ruined the podium chance for everyone else. Um, probably shouldn't have done that in the moment, but I was just, I was frustrated in the moment. But then, after I took my helmet off, started, I was breathing, trying to get my breathing controlled uh, to make sure that I was calm again. And I said sorry to the rider. Said that it's just racing. is what it is. Um, I just tried to breathe. Uh, after part Fermi, when I came back to the garage, I went through my data. Um, well, I went through like the data on the timesheets. Um, I went through like how I felt throughout the whole race. And I just looked at everything and I thought, in if one situation had gone differently, I could have won that race. So there's no reason to be frustrated. Um, I've got another chance tomorrow. It's not like MoGP where I only get one chance on a Sunday. So I've got, got another chance tomorrow. Just got to go again tomorrow. Uh, and my lap time from that race put me third on the grid for the next race, yeah. which is not where I wanted to be, actually. I didn't want to be on the inside, like I said earlier. I, I, uh, I understand that, though, because... With those bikes that you're running, you haven't got the power of a six or a litre bike where you can get the bike stopped and then power out the corner. You've got to carry that corner speed, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's all about momentum on a 400. You've got, yeah. to, got to keep the momentum going. Got to make sure you let the... It's not a... People always seem to think that you have to brake late and get the bike stopped and then get the throttle on at the right point. Whereas on a 400, it's more about braking late and then getting the brake off as early as you can. Yeah. yeah keep yeah. the bike rolling through the corner to keep the momentum up through the corner. That was one of the biggest things, I think, because uh, I was quite quick through, turn, through sector one uh, and sector two. And that was one of the biggest things was because I could go into maggots and then into entry. And I was braking on the curb and then letting the brake off as early as I possibly could to then get the bike turned in and get the throttle back on rather than keep slowing the bike down. So I then lose all my momentum through the corner. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So if I carry on to Sunday, um, so I was third on the grid because of my lap time from Saturday. Um, and I was only because of that last lap, yeah. On that last lap, because I had to fight back and bridge that gap, yeah. And um, I was I didn't have any like tactics, I wasn't trying to 
not overtake here or overtake here. I was just going full blast, fast as I could on that last lap to bridge the gap to third. Uh, I did the fast lap. I did my fast lap of the race, which was the third fastest lap of the race. So that put me third on the grid for Sunday. Um, and going to Sunday, the difference was uh, like unimaginable. I was so much less nervous. Um, I'd spent Saturday leading almost all the race. So I, at this point, I knew I had the pace to win the race. Um, it wasn't like Saturday where it was my first ever time at the front of a BSB race. And so from the minute the race started, um, I just made sure I was breathing properly, make sure I wasn't getting myself too tired, like too caught up in the moment. Um, and I got the whole shot from third on the grid to turn one. And I think I held the lead for about two laps, two, three laps before I got overtaken. Yeah, and so did, I yeah. thought, yeah, so I thought I'd like made it. I thought I'd, I've done the impossible. I've made a lead in junior super sport. <laughs> um, but then Callum came past uh, into Brooklands. And at that point, I thought, well, I haven't made the lead. I'll just sit with Callum, make sure that we're not messing each other up, make sure I'm making the overtakes the right place so that I don't kill too much speed. And I just sat with Callum for a few laps and then Callum dropped back and I think Lewis and Lennon came up. But it was like people were coming up to the front and then dropping back and coming up to other people coming up to the front. But I was like the constant... I was always in the front three again in this race. And this time I knew I wasn't going to let anything stop me. So I was in the front three um, constantly. I think up until, again, it was about lap 12 or lap 13. Lap 13. Was it lap 13? Yeah. yeah. Oh, going into Brooklands. I don't even know. I, I'm trying to think what happened. because I don't, know, I don't know about your ass on the bike, but mine fell out. <laughs> oh, it was it was not a great moment. Felt like me sitting on. <laughs> and I, I was watching that Brooklands. Well, yeah. No, I was no, that was in the first race. Sorry, not this race. No, no, no. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I, I, I I'm trying to think back now to what happened. And I tried to think at the time what actually happened. I think because it was so windy on that day, it was so much windier than it was on Saturday, and that was impacting me throughout the race anyway, just under braking and uh, getting the power on. But going into yeah, Brooklyn's. It was just so windy, and so I think when I braked, I braked a little bit too hard trying to go for an overtake. The rear wheel came up, and just because it was so windy, it just didn't grip properly when it came back down again. Came right round on me, um, and then I got it controlled. I was going forward again, and then it came round on me again. And at that point, I had to sit the bike up um, and try and get the bike turn it like properly stable before I turned in again. Yeah. I almost hit Lewis Jones uh, as I was getting the bike stable. I almost uh, just rolled straight into him, but he luckily saw me, sensed it, sat up, and I rejoined. I was at the right at the back of the front group. I think the front group that race was like eight men long. You, you, you got you got back on the circuit in seventh. Was it seventh? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, so I I came back almost last in the front group, and I had it all to do with two laps to go. And I think I made eight over. Well, no, seven seven overtakes then in one lap that second that next lap. Yeah. I think I made all the overtakes straight away. I just went, I went for it on that last lap. I, I wasn't, I wasn't going to let it be like Saturday. I was going to go straight back for it. And I went back for it. Um, and I think going into the last lap, that's when tactics started to play a, um, a part in it. It was about controlling the race at that point. Uh, I didn't want to lead going into Brooklands because I thought if I lead going into Brooklands, I'm just going to get slipstreamed uh, and then I'm going to get overtaken to Brooklands and that just, chance of the win over so I thought I'll lead going into turn one and then after I led into turn one Lewis was on my inside and no one else could have made an overtake so I, I didn't let Lewis through but I didn't purposefully outbreak him I braked to my normal spot and if he came through he came through which he did 
Uh, and then I followed him out of Brooklyn, uh, out of Aintree, down the straight into Brooklyn. And then my plan didn't really work because I was going to make a move into Brooklyn and he closed the door on me completely. And so I thought, I've got one last opportunity at this. Um, I got on the throttle earlier than him out of Luffield, uh, uh, was sat behind in the slipstream, pulled the bike, like lent the bike over into Woodcote because I knew if, you, if I lent the bike over, I could raise the revs quicker because mm. on the side of the tyre so I could then get into sixth to get the drive. Click sixth, got the drive. I think Lewis just missed a gear. Well, he didn't miss a gear, but he didn't click a gear quick enough and it just revved a tiny little bit. And I managed to get the drive on him and I think I'll, I won by... 0.043 oh, it, or something. It, it, it was, was nothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it was that, just like, oh, sorry. That, that, that was the bit that got me. Because of the race previously where you'd got your timing wrong and you'd not quite made it to the yeah. podium, I think that is what put that seed in your mind of how to go about doing it the right way. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like yeah. The whole weekend I'd been saying... I know I can do it through there because I got to lean the bike over and get the revs up. But then that first race, I executed it poorly because I sat behind in the slipstream. And then when I pulled out, I was too close to the inside. So I couldn't lean the bike over and I didn't get the revs up. And I clicked sixth when I was already lent up and then I didn't get the drive properly. But yeah. in that second race on Sunday, I got the bike lent over through Woodco over the curb, got clicked sixth um, as early as I possibly could. So I then get the drive out of that corner. And that's yeah. what made it, I think. So I, 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 I don't know many young racers. Obviously, I know you quite well. But for me, that that display that you put on is the first time I've seen somebody your age actually racing with their brain, ra- ra- rather than just throttle, chew, chewing the screen, throttle wide open and going for it. You, you, you actually thought about it tactically and, and executed those tactics. I was, I was proper fucking made up. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was gleaming. So th- before we go on to what your aspirations are for the rest of the season, let's go, let's go back to uh, Spain, shall we? Your first venture on the 600. Oh. We're, your big, we're your big brother. Who wants to start, who wants to start the tale? I'll let Tom start this one. <laughs> he won't remember. Finn was having loads of dramas on the, on the 400. We're getting that, that ready. And we was like, well, we've got another bike sat there. We might as well jump out on that, shall we? So I went for a little spin on it first just to make sure all the nuts and bolts were hanging in. And obviously, I'd be the guinea pig. Dad was like, oh, you take that bike out. You'd be the guinea pig. <laughs> obviously, that doesn't care about the older one. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, I was, I was raring to have a little go anyway. But it's obviously the, the newer gen to the one that I used to race. Um, but yeah, I was buzzing to have a go. But I jumped on it and... The difference between that and my R6 is like it's still got the same characteristics as, as my Triumph, albeit slightly different. But the under braking, oh my God, that's so stable compared to my R6. My R6 is so twitchy and she just wants to move around all the time. But I jumped on fins and so, so stable. But yeah, just, just a real nice bike. You miss your but Triumph, yeah, don't you? I do. I do miss it. But we, we might go back on one or a different manufacturer next year, but that's... Uh, that's food. That's uh, for another time, maybe. But um, yeah. So no, yeah. So I had a little go on it, and I said, right, Vin, so yours, mate. Have a li- have a little session. Um, I didn't want to go out with him the first time, like riding with him. I said, look, just ride it, have fun, just whatever. First time he went out, I mean, like I, I think I just pulled in, and I, I wanted to watch him first time out, so I didn't go out in that session. Well, it was open pit lane anyway. But uh, so I, me and Dad watched him, 
and he just went out and he stayed out and he kept doing laps and he kept doing more laps and he was like he's going to pull in in a minute he's going to get arm pump he's going to get tired and pull in and he stayed out and he stayed out and he stayed out and he stayed out and he's looking at our watch like he's going to run out of fuel in a minute he just stayed out there just kept going around like, I think he's forgot where the bloody uh, pit lane entry is but um Yes, and I know he was, and he was surprisingly so comfortable on it. And I was, I know what he was doing. He was trying to do thirty-seven point thirty-seven point six five miles, so he could come in, look at the odometer, and go, right, what time did I get? What time did I get? <laughs> What's my average speed? Yeah, but uh, he, did, he did that, and then uh, yeah, went back out. I think he did, did another session after that, and then the third time, I said, right, I'm coming out with you now. And honestly, I, I was. I couldn't believe it. I could not believe what I was seeing. Like I, I followed him initially, um, and I could not believe it. Like he was so late on the brakes. I was expecting him to be jamming on the brakes really early, um, not carrying the corner speed, and certainly not getting on the throttle like he was getting on the throttle. And he was on my old scrubs. He was on my old scrub tires that were knackered for me, and he jumped on it. And he, the, the only like the, his braking was really good, but I think he was over braking, slowing down a bit too much into the corner. Probably where the brakes are a little bit better than his four hundred, so he's he's probably applying the same brake pressure as yeah, he is yeah. four hundred, but it's just stopping him twice as quick. Um, but yeah, apart from that, the corner speed was good, and on, on the throttle, maybe where he was slowing down a little bit too much, he was then putting more pressure on the rear tire. Whereas whereas if he carried more corner speed, it would have carried less pressure, but. The rear thing was sliding, she was moving, and I was like, oh, my God. Like, I was so proud. Honestly, I just had the biggest smile <laughs> of my life. Like, I, I'd waited. Uh, what's, what's the difference in age between us, Ben? 13 years. <laughs> 13 years. I'd waited 13 years for this moment to be out on track on the same type of bike as my brother. Like, we've never really done it. Like, we're, we're not even on mini motors. We're not really mini motors together, really. But, like, even when we go to pit biking, he, he rides my, my pit bike that he claims it's his but it's not it's mine um <laughs> so you're you're alternating track time yeah, yeah yeah so we're never really out on track together like we've done a bit of motocross together now which or not motocross but enduro and i, I actually love that i really really love that because i've recently got into that quite well not late but yeah like a bit later into my years like it's nice to see finn get into it at the age where maybe i should have got into it yeah yeah but yeah so that that first time i was just absolutely buzzing i could not believe it because finn when he was, he would have been 14 then, at Cartagena um, last year. He had to go on my, oh, sorry, had to go on my R6. You just trap, and, uh, do you just trap your baguette then or something? Yeah, literally, yeah. <laughs> 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 right, I'm, I'm <laughs> mega. It's a human-sized banana. How, how many did, just digressing, how many did you see getting waved around uh, Oliver's mount? I, I only I saw the one. one. You I only saw the one. Yeah. Oh, disappointing. I, I was hoping there'd be more. I wanted to see I wanted to see him from all the way up Sheen Rise. <laughs> be fucking mega. We'll work on that. We'll work yeah. on that. Sorry, anyway. But yeah, yeah. So just watching Finn. That, that first time that he rode a 600 and he was 14, I said, go on, Finn, have a little go on that. On, on my bike. And he came past and it was... They flat. did it when I went to a loo. I didn't know nothing about it. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it was flat as anything. Like, he wasn't revving it. Obviously, the R6 revs a lot. And he was probably only taking it up to, I don't know, 10,000, something like that. And he just came through flat. I was like, fucking open her up then. But 
so that we unfortunately I was hoping to get him out on a bit more last year, but the weather held us up. We had half a day out of four dry time. But so it was a massive shock. Like something has clicked in Finn this this winter. He's obviously grown up a bit and he's he's developing, he's stronger, but something else has clicked, like he's he's mentally stronger and he's he's just more he's just more of an established rider now. Like his his racecraft is better. And I think now that he's he's done this, he, he knows in himself what everyone else believes in him. Yeah. Like believes that he can do it. And now he knows and believes himself that, that he can do it. Because there was a period, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll go back to his mini moto days in a, in a little bit, I suppose, but he was on fire. And then there was a little, there's a little section in, in his career in the middle where he, he had a big accident and he kind of lost his confidence massively. And I think that's always been lingering a little bit and he's been working on getting that back, but that, that sure as hell is back now, isn't it? That one. So, uh, Finn, how, how did you feel then swinging the leg over Triumph? Oh, it was... Um... It was amazing. It was it's so much nice, so nice getting on a bike that actually has power, that actually tries to wriggle on the uh, rear tire coming out of corners, that actually has brakes that works and turns in like a race bike should um, when you're jumping off the 400 onto it. Um, when I jumped onto the 600, uh, I just wanted to do laps. I wanted to prove to myself, really, that I could do laps and I could muscle the bike around and I could go around and do as as many laps as possible um, because uh, the thing people always tell you before you get on a 600 is oh it's really physical uh, you won't be able to do that many laps because you won't be able to muscle the bike around you won't be able to handle it you won't be able to control it and I wanted to prove to myself that I could control it that I was strong enough that I had done enough training um, and that I could prove them wrong and I could do as many laps as anyone else could do on it Fair one I think you achieved that Hundred <laughs> percent. I think you do a lot of um, rock climbing, didn't you, Finn? Yeah. I think that that's improved oh. your grip strength massively. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. There, there's nothing like rock climbing for a little bit of arm pump. <laughs> Definitely. So, so, what's the plan then for this weekend? Because I know you're racing with NG, aren't you? Um. Yeah. So we're at NG. We're at Castle Coombe. I think originally when we booked on, we didn't have the test day because. We was all booked up before we got on. But on the reserve list, someone pulled out. We're on the test day now, which I'm really happy about because it's a little bit wary going into a first race weekend on the 600 without a test day. But I'm feeling really confident now. Um, I'm not going to go out there and try and break any lap records or be stupid and like try and win the race and hurt myself before BSB. I'm just going to go out there, learn the bike, um, let the bike do like, well, not let the bike do what it wants, but ride the bike to where it should be at the moment, not try and override it and yeah, yeah, yeah. crash and hurt myself. I just want to go out there, ride to a decent level, have some fun um, and just have fun riding a motorbike in races where the pressure isn't there, the results don't matter um, and just finishing the, well, not just finishing, but just finishing the race um, and trying my best is and having fun on there is what it's yeah. about. Yeah, having fun and just use it as development. Yeah, because I, I, th I think this year, um, what I want to get out of riding the 600 club racing, more than getting me good for a 600, is actually to make me quicker on the 400. Because I know that riding the 600 just makes the 400 feel so much easier. Yeah. So if I can get quick on a 600, then the 400 will feel even easier. Um, and that's what I want this year to be about on the 600, because I've got 
next season and like the whole testing program before next season to get quick, to get quick, quick and find the limits of the 600 before I start racing it properly. So when you say racing properly, would that include racing your brother then? Uh, no, I think I could beat him this year. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Keep dreaming. Uh, we, you know what? We'll we'll come we'll come on to it later on. On to, on to the who's the fastest weed. Oh, we did have a little moment in um, Califat. Bloody hell! Yeah, it was on. I think it was on that first day, wasn't it? After we'd done a couple of sessions, oh, I was, it was right no, at the end. It was the second day because it was right at the end. Like it was and when I was at my quickest and. I think after that session, I pulled out. Yeah, so Finn was at the end of the day, Finn was probably getting a little bit tired by that point. But the, if, you, if you've been at Califat or anyone that has been to Califat, there's a fast, fast left-hander that's pretty much flat out and it, it goes out and you, you um, veer out towards the outside, which is the pit wall. And uh, in between the pit wall and the, the, the edge of the track, there's like this green strip in the middle that's dirty and it's got all dust and tyre rubber in it. And Finn, like veered straight towards his pit wall and I was in his slipstream and he was just going straight towards the pit wall and I was like, oh, he's, he's up, he's up, he's up. And he eased up, but he didn't, he eased up too bloody much. And I think where the Triumph has got a load of um, engine brake and he's rolled the throttle and it's kind of slowed down loads. Yeah. I narrowly missed him, literally had to do like, do the little weave and, and pull out and, oh, that could have been, that could have been uh, a nice little moment for Stephen. Bloody <laughs> <laughs> oh, hell. Yeah, was... Were you watching all this, Steve, as well? I didn't see this. They told me about it afterwards. It was close. <laughs> I was getting a little bit uh, overconfident at the wrong point of the day. I was starting to lose focus. I was overconfident. I thought I was going to beat Tom. I was trying to stay in front of him for as long as I could. And I just got, I lost a little bit too much focus for that last corner. Got too close to the wall. And I shouldn't have rolled off as much as I did. I probably could have made it by just leaning a little bit, but... I don't know. I rolled off. <laughs> it's a we got away with it, didn't we? And you learned. Yeah, it. but but you didn't get away with one of the little trips to the gravel, did you? Oh yeah. Go on, yeah. talk me through that one. Um, so I think this was second day as well. Um, it was my first crash on the six hundred. It wasn't very big. In fact, it was really small, so it was fine. Um, but I think I was getting, I was building my confidence up and up and up, and I was pushing all my braking markers back and just further back every lap. Um, and I was going into this far chicane where you sort of have to straight line the first right hand part of it over the curb and then tip it in. Um, and like the second part of the chicane is a lot slower. And I went over the curb and I was pushing my braking marker back so late that I probably could have made the corner if I was more experienced on the bike. And if I'd, um, like if I'd pulled the if I'd pulled the brake a little bit harder and trusted it and let it off and turned in, I probably could have made the corner, but I didn't. And I just carried on holding the brake, got a bit um, target fixated, didn't let the brake off, went into the gravel and then just dropped it. Uh, so it was really anticlimactic and a bit pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> but it was my first, my first crash. Um, and then I couldn't pick the bike up because the gravel was so deep at Califat. So then uh, I think, Mickey Reeves, uh, Mickey Reeves stopped at the side of the track. He parked his bike up, asked me to go hold his bike, and then he picked my bike up, got it started, um, pushed out of the gravel for me. Um, and I, I'm really thankful to him for that because I would have just been standing there trying to get the bike um, up for a good 10 minutes if he hadn't stopped and helped me. 
Um, but yeah, I got he got the bike up for me and came back. Yeah, there was literally no damage. The only damage was a little bit of gravel rash on the crash protector and the fairing. So for my first crash, it was I, good. I, I think it's a good thing. I actually saw when I saw yeah. that he was absolutely fine. The bike was fine. I actually see it as a good thing to be fair. Yeah, no, I, I completely get that. But my my kids don't don't race motorbikes, but my youngest rides a horse. Um, and the other week. One of the horses in a neighbouring field spooked all the others, and they all went freaking mental. All the uh, she she gets taught with adults as well. She she rides to a decent standard. They all got thrown from their horses, and she's the only one that stayed on the horse with it going mental, doing donuts and all that kind of stuff or whatever it horses do. Um, but that that's got that's got lodged in her head now. So now she's got fear every time we take her for a lesson. She's I don't want to do it, Dad. I'm really scared. And I, I think if she'd have fallen off that day, she'd know that there's nothing to falling off and she'd be fine. So mm. I completely yeah. get your logic with that, Tom. Well, that's exactly what I did uh, after I broke my leg. When you crashed at Pedigill. Yeah, so I, when I broke my leg, I, I think we're going back to this uh, later anyway when we talk about well, we'll mini bike. We'll go on to it now if you want. But before we do, let me just give our guest Mike sponsor a quick shout. Do you want to develop the mindset of a champion and consistently perform at your best on the track? If you're a motorcycle racer looking to take your performance to the next level, then you need to check out Daniel Parker, Motorsport Mindset Coach. As the Mike sponsor of our podcast, Dan Parker, Motorsport Mindset Coach, is dedicated to helping motorcycle racers like you achieve peak performance through the power of mindset training. Whether you struggle with pre-race nerves, having trouble staying focused during a long race, or just want to take your performance to the next level, then Dan Parker, Motorsport Mindset Coach, can help. With personalised coaching programmes tailored to your specific needs, you'll learn the mental skills and strategies you need to excel on the track. So why wait? Sign up for Dan Parker, Motorsport Mindset Coach today. And remember to mention the Late Apex podcast to receive a 20% discount. You can find Dan on Facebook or on Instagram by at Daniel Parker Coach. Now back to the podcast. I'll I'll go back to the very beginning in a minute, but um, when I crashed in 2019 uh, on a at 70, uh, broke my leg quite badly and was out for about 12 weeks before I even had a cast off. And then it was another three weeks or four weeks before I could walk properly again. Um, and then when I got back on a bike after that, I was, I was awful. I could admit that I was absolutely awful. I was too scared. Didn't want to crash. I hated the wet because I thought I would crash. Um, and I was riding the 70 again and I was finishing like last in, Fab race in 70 class and I was nowhere near where I should have been finishing. Um, and every time it was wet, I'd just go even slower. I'd panic and I'd, I'd pull in or I'd just go uh, right at the back of the grid and I just wouldn't do anything. And then it was, I think we were at the Isle of Man for the Manx. Um, and we were sitting in the awning and dad said, I bought you a bike. <laughs> and he bought me a 300 off of Rob Cameron. It was a road bike. It was a complete road bike. Uh, and we had a week. A week and a bit, I think. A week and a bit after we got back to get this bike ready for Snetterton, first place I rode it. And I had 28 brake horsepower and everyone else had 37. They had 37, you had 28. Yeah, because I was 12 years old still. And I rode this bike at Snetterton, I jailed with it instantly. Um, it was, and you didn't come last? I didn't come last on a bike that had nine horsepower less than everyone else. Um, and I was just using my corner speed and just having fun riding the bike. Um, and I was just... Uh, breath for fresh air after the crash at, on the 70 and then we went to Brands Hatch for the final round of the season and then the I had a good weekend all weekend and then the last race 
um, I made a bit of a rookie mistake, to be honest. It was a yellow flag and I got a bit flustered because I braked and I let the brake off and then I braked again. But I crashed big time at Paddock Hill. The front went um, and I front washed down Paddock Hill and the bike bounced like two or three times. But then I slid into the gravel and I rolled away and I was absolutely fine. I, there was nothing wrong with me. I got yeah. up and I was perfectly okay. And then after that point, I think it wasn't com- completely like all my confidence was back, but it gave me so much more confidence. I was not scared to ride in the wet again. I wasn't scared to crash anymore. I went quicker uh, and I just had so much more confidence back after crashing because I knew it didn't hurt. and I knew I could, I could be okay after crashing. You got out of the back of the van <laughs> with the bike completely trashed, holding an exhaust. <laughs> I saved the exhaust out, I picked it up. Laughing, <laughs> I'm smiling, yeah. Tom, Tom did, did, did you clean the exhaust up, did you? <laughs> no. I <lived> <laughs> <laughs> got it in the exhaust. <laughs> oh. yes. Mega. We know all about the mini motor and the, exo- and the hose pipe, don't we? I did that on the <laughs> So, is that, I'll take it you started with the fab racing then? Uh, yeah, if you want me to start with fab racing, yeah. So how, how did how did you well well you started racing riding the um, paddock scooter didn't you? Oh right. yeah, if we want to go, I think if we're going to go back to the beginning, we should go right back to the very beginning. Yeah, um, go for it. I'll start it off, but I don't actually remember much of this because I think I was two years old. Um, I think yeah, when I was two years old, I was riding the paddock scooter with Tom on the back, and I was a little baby with a helmet on on the front of the paddock scooter, and he'd let me control the throttle and the brake, um, but he'd always have his hands on the bars. The only thing, I can't remember it, but I remember being told the story like my whole life, um, is apparently, I think it was Cadwell Park. Snetterton. Snetterton, okay. Um, I was on the front and doing normal thing. Uh, it was Alton Park. Okay, apparently it was Alton Park. It was, it was Alton Park. It, it was, was, it was Snetton, Alton Park. The Snetterton where thing, let him get to the story, Dad. Oh, yeah. okay, cool. Okay, so I was on the front of the bike, uh, on the paddock scooter, like like always, um, and then Tom, for the first time ever, let his hands off the bars and let me completely control it. Uh, and I'm, apparently, I crashed, uh, and he dived to save me. Took a big uh, gash out of his knee, I think. Was it? Was it your knee? Side, of my, side of my leg, literally. Yeah, like twenty minutes before I was due to go out for a race. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> so, so that was the very beginning. Um, that was your first proper crash, probably. <laughs> So, was, so, so that, so that, that video then that Keenan Swark, so, I can't say his surname, Keenan Swark, who's put out with his uh, seven-year-old son on the Honda Goldwing. Have you seen that? No. Yeah, no. he's put his, he's put his kid on, on his own private circuit. He's put his kid in the Honda Goldwing and had, had his seven-year-old kid riding around the circuit. And then he put, and then he puts him in a Ferrari and he's doing donuts in Ferrari and that. <laughs> Brilliant. So, so yeah, you, you, you beat him for by five years then for getting on a bike. <laughs> Yeah. Then you used to do the CJ um, cycle ride. That was cycle, yeah. 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 I just bought his leathers. Yeah. So just you would have been four, five. My leathers off uh, Liam Delves at the Wilton Mill. It wasn't Liam. It was Lid. Lid. Yeah. Liam introduces the guy. Oh, uh, yeah. Liam's. No, it weren't Liam's. It was, but yeah, so Liam Delves introduced us to a guy uh, at Lid Cart Circuit when I was thinking I was about four years old. Um, and we bought my levers off him. And I think when I was four was the first time they could get me to actually ride a mini motor without being too scared. Because when I was two, three... No, I think it was actually... You was closer to six before you could get you to ride it. Was I six? You was okay, so I was, so I was four. 
Um, and they, first when I first tried Minami Moto, uh, down the field near where we live, and apparently I was too scared. I didn't want to open the throttle. I didn't like the noise. And then they tried me again at five. And again, I was too scared. Um, don't know why. I can't tell you now. Uh, love riding bikes, but apparently I was too scared. And then when, they, when I was six, they took some lessons from this. They thought, uh, he doesn't like the noise and it's too... I've done some research and apparently um, the younger you are, the pitch of the noise affects your hearing, um, which is why teenagers, you can play a, a, a noise and it hurts them and adults can't hear it. Yeah. So I've got him earplugs, whack the earplugs into And him, the slow action throttle. And, a, and instead of having a quick action throttle where it's basically eighth of a turn, I'll put it to a, a slower action throttle. Yeah. And he took to it like a duck to water. Yeah, I was absolutely fine once I got on that one uh, <clears> with, <throat> with earplugs in and uh, slow action throttle. I, was, I still wasn't amazing from the off-go, but I was so much better than I was when I was four or five. Then I think we got the levers. I did the C... C- CJ um, Cycle Ride, Cherry yeah, Cycle Yeah, at Cowboy Park. And my, on a push bike. Yep, I had my first proper big yeah, crash. The gloves, he <laughs> didn't have the helmet, he only had a cycle helmet. Yeah. Um, and he's coming out of the last... It's into, so I was going through hall bends, and I was flying through hall bends, and then you saw me, and then you couldn't see me down, uh, down Park into the last corner, because that was the only part of the track you couldn't see me on. And I went down there and I went way too fast and I got a massive tank slapper on my little little 10 inch wheel push bike. Uh, and I managed to high side a push bike and hit the deck, <laughs> and hit the deck with yeah, his chin. I hit the deck with my chin. The only part of my body that didn't have full racing kit on was my chin. <laughs> and so I hit the deck with my chin. Um, and I went to the med centre. Somebody took me to the med centre. I, I, I ran to him. Was it you? I ran to him and picked him up. And across the tannoy, he's saying, there's a rider down the right yeah. down. Yeah, he's been attended to. <laughs> so took me to the med centre and I got a full medical, um, like the, the BSB ones they give you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the medical form. They write down your injuries and like what happens. So I got one of them. I think I was four, four, years, years, four, old. four years old. So point. I was the youngest person to have one of them, which is pretty cool. Um, wow. And then I started racing mini motos. I think we went, did we go to Wilton Mill? The first, yeah, I, I took you to, um, oh, took me to Range Road, the, yeah. Lid. I was quick there. And he was quick. He was on the range roads. And, and it, although it was illegal, when the cops turned up, they saw he had all the full gear and they said, yes, yeah, all right, just don't don't hang around here too long. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, was, I was quite quick when I was going round. He was quite quick. Uh, and so we went to Wilton Mill and it was it was the penultimate round of, of the fab race. race. The fab and they race. didn't have a rookie championship. They no rookie only cha- had a mini moto championship. Yeah, there was no rookie championship. So we chucked him out on, on, the, on the test day, the day before. And he, uh, he was, he was a total anomaly because he would open the throttle going around the corners, go as fast as he could, and then slow down, go down the straights, and go as slow as he could. Which is totally, <laughs> no one else ever rides. Completely backwards. Completely backwards. Um, however, um, because it was a penultimate round and he was basically a mobile chicane, they said, "Look, uh, come, come to the next test day by all means, but we can't let him race tomorrow." Yeah. So. Uh, we packed they a, recommended we packed everything up and um they recommended going to a place called Amering, um, which was uh, a little cart track inside a oval that they did banger racing on. And uh so I phoned him up and said, Look, uh, he's five years old, I think, at that point, wasn't he? I think no, I think I was five or six. I was six, six, yeah. six, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, can we can we come down the track? Yeah, yeah, yeah. More than Mary, come down. So we went down there on Sunday. Uh, and he went around this track and he was loving it. Um, 
I don't know if that was the very first time we met Casey, was it? Possibly. Yeah, I think it was actually. First yeah. time we met Casey O'Gorman. Who's mm. very, uh, very quick now. Obviously yeah. quick now. Um and uh, yeah, that's that's where it went from there. And then the following year. No, you're missing a massive part. Which of this. Is missing going. So we went to Amarin and then I think we did another weekend, a uh, couple weekends later in the summer. And then I had my first mini Mio crash. Uh, and it was the most stupid <laughs> crash ever. It wasn't pathetic, it was quite big, but it was stupid. There's a straight at Amarin, it's a straight, and then you go left, right, and in between the left, right, there's a grass bank and there's a tire wall. Tire wall. But the tire wall only goes so far around. And I managed to hit the back side of a tire wall. He went off. He went off track and then crashed into the back wall of the tire wall. So not like not on track into a tire wall. I managed to go off track <laughs> into the other side of a tire wall. <laughs> um, yeah, and then you got a special trophy. I got yeah. I got. I still got the trophy. I got a trophy for the best crash of the day. <laughs> um, and then after that, going back to what we said earlier about crashing and um, getting confidence. After that, I realised crashing didn't hurt, and I just went faster and faster and faster from there. And then the following see following year, I think we did. Mix, mix match of rounds here and there of um, fab racing uh, in the rookie class. We didn't do all the rounds, but we did most of them. Um, and I put him on an old Polini. Yeah. Said, so was, if you can ride the wheels off this, you can never better end it. Yeah. So it was my, old, my first bike as well. It was yeah. your first bike. So it was probably... Well, one of your, no, your last bike. It was your yeah. last bike that I resurrected for him. So it was still, it was probably about 10 years old at this point. It was the slowest bike on the grid. But it made me work hard and it made me, it made me faster in the long run, because I learned how to carry corner speed and not just open the throttle down the straights. Um, and then after that, we did our first full season of Fab Racing when I was eight, I think, on a mini moto, uh, in the 14 mil, which is the pro class. Um, and I did quite well in that, actually. But I got a reputation to crash quite a lot. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, I did use and it was televised. And yeah. Most of the crashes got televised. So I used to have quite spectacular crashes. I think there was... One I remember from Red Lodge where the bike hit me in the head. Uh, <laughs> we couldn't work. You landed on the track on your head as well. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, I don't know. I, I had some big crashes when I was on many motos. And then the following season, uh, I got special dispensation to ride a metric at 50 at eight years old because uh, previously you had to be nine. I think it was me, Case O'Gorman, and Corey Tinker. No, Corey Tinker, Corey Dana um, all got special permission. To, to ride the 50s at eight years old. And to be honest... For, it was only for the first two Yeah, rounds. it was only for the first two yeah. rounds, and after that, I would have been nine. And to be honest with you, I was absolutely dreadful on it. Um, I couldn't change gear. I spent, I spent the whole season trying to learn how to change gear because I just used to get it wrong every single time. But at least I learned how to change gear properly, and I didn't have the chicken legs that a lot of people seem to have on uh, <laughs> when they learn how to ride geared bikes um, from metric kits. Um, and it took me the whole season, and I just... I used to finish at the back, right at the back of the group, battling like with about three or four people. Um, and I didn't do very well. Um, and that same season, I was riding a mini moto, and my dad had finally given me an IAMI engine, which was like the top engine. Mm. Um, and the season before, we did one round on it, and I was third place at Wilwyn. And I was battling right at the front with Josh Watley, who's in uh, GP now, obviously, and Casey Gorman. And you beat him for um, six laps out of eight. Yeah, beat him for six laps out of eight. And you qualified on pole as well. At I qualified on pole. Yeah. So, like, we thought, I'm going to do amazing this following season. And I did do I did amazing for the first two rounds. And then the engine went. And we realised that with these fancy engines, you have to re... Uh, what is it? Yeah, oh, you do pistons, do rings, hone it, mess around with it. Yeah, every, every round. Every two rounds, every round. So we gave up with that halfway through the season and focused on just riding the metric kit. 
Mm. And that turned out to be really good because then we had a, we had a special round that year at Mallory Park on the Metric at 50s and the Metric at 70s. Right at the end of the season. And I think I was I was fifth place out of about 14 or something, whereas the whole season I've been about 10. And I had the fastest lap of the race all the way until the end. Only on the last race. The first race oh, was yeah. abysmal. Yeah, but that was because I had the wrong helmet on. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was. It, seriously, that, it was. That is, that is stupid, but it was. I had the wrong helmet on. Tom had given me one of his old helmets. And it was too big. And it was way too big for me. And I couldn't get my head properly in. And I was awful on it. But I put my, my old helmet back on. And I was fifth place. And I had the fastest lap of the race right up until the last lap. And I kept picking people off all the way through the race. And... Um, I just, I really gelled with the the big tracks rather than the little stupid cart tracks that you ride with um, the Metricates. Yeah. Uh, and from there on, that was, uh, uh, I was fifth place, I think. Um, and I had the fastest lap of the race right up until the last lap. And I was just picking like people off constantly throughout the race. You had Harvey Claridge? Yeah, I, I beat Harvey Claridge in that race, who was the British champion that year. Um, I beat Scott Ogden that race, who was also British champion that year, and he's now in uh, MotoGP uh, World Championship Moto3 this year. So uh, <laughs> there's some names to look back on. And and from that point forward, I gelled with big tracks, uh, and I knew that that was going to be something that was going to be like with me going forward. Yeah. So then going into the next season... You're going to go for Donington? No, no, going into the next season okay. first. So going into the next season was my second season on the 50, and I thought this is going to be a year where I do really, really well. Um, and I did do quite well, but I broke my arm that season. Uh, oh, oh we, yeah. How did we break our arm? Uh, one minute. I've, we've forgotten something. Yeah. If I go back a few years, sorry. Okay. Uh, I broke my collarbone oh, when yeah. I was six. six or seven. First year in Spain. Yeah, first year I ever went to Spain uh, for pre-season testing. I broke my collarbone. <laughs> Big high side. Big, yeah. big oh, I blamed it on the unlucky knee sliders. Someone gave me a pair of knee sliders and I cracked them the first time That's out and right. broke my collarbone. They, uh, they're the shamrock of them. Yeah. That's right. And yeah. I, I blamed it on unlucky knee sliders. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, go forward to why you arm. broke your arm. Why did I break my arm? Right. Oh, there we go. And no, I remember Rara. why I broke my we're arm. We're at Rara. And we're going out for qualifying. It's a little bit damp. And I said, get a banker in. I said, uh, so you've got an outlap, get a banker in, and then once you've got a banker in, then you can go for it. So Rare was one of the only tracks where you go out before the start finish. So basically, uh, it's a bit like Cadwell. You've got a yeah. very short bit, and then you're straight into, into, a, in, into a, a timed lap. So he went out, done his first lap, came round on his second lap, which was supposed to be the banker. And I think he just passed the start finish as a little chicane and he decided to have a little tumble there and roll down the bank and everything else. So I shouldn't have broke my arm in that uh, crash. But I look so, back at it now, more experienced. So, I, let, I put my arms out. I didn't roll properly like a racer. I put my arms out and I was stupid. I broke so my arm because of that. Scooped him off the track, basically. He wandered off to the med centre. Um, and I said to the, to the medic, I said, it's a bit of a drama queen. He says he's hurt his arm. He's probably broken. I don't think it is. Uh, and the guy looked at it. I, says, I, yeah, you're remembering broken. it wrong. I, I, <laughs> I was perfectly okay. I was standing there at the side of the track. My arm was really hurting, but I wanted to get back on the bike because I, I, I thought I could do really well in the session. So I wanted to get back on the bike. And so I said to dad, my arm hurts a bit, but I want to get back on. And you took me to the med centre to check if it was broken before letting me back on. Yeah. And I went back, I went to the med centre to ask if it, just like see if it was broken. Because um, I wanted to get back on. I was like, yeah, I can get back on. I'm fine. I'll get, I'll get back on. And I'm like, it's broken. Yeah. It wasn't badly broken, 
So it was a, what they call a green stick break. But yeah. Anyway, getting back to this this lap. Yeah. He set third, second, second on an out lap. I was second, second, second fastest in that qualifying session. In that qualifying session oh, on, yeah. on an out lap. Yeah. On an out lap. So that was oh. probably why I broke my arm. I, wanna... <laughs> <laughs> I went a bit too fast, <laughs> a bit too quick. Um, but so that year I broke my arm. It sort of messed the season up. I think I finished about fourth or fifth in the championship, which I wasn't really happy with. But how long? Uh, were you, how long were you out for? I think I missed that round. So I missed both races that round, and I missed another round. I missed all races you that was round. Riding round, that would have been seventeen. Mm. For anyone who's in um, Road of Giants, I think you're in Road of Giants, aren't you? You're, you're riding my riding the Osset. Oh yeah, it yeah. was seventeen because yeah. you're riding the Osset when you rode. Yeah, the if, you've, if you've ever seen Road of Giants, I'm in that with a broken arm. I've got the cast on my arm. I'm riding the Osset. I did actually crash the Osset that week with a broken arm. Yes, <laughs> and I had to get, I had to, no one was there because I was going back to the truck late at night to get something to then come back to the living area. So I had to pick the bike up on my own with a broken arm and drive back. Mm. Uh, I don't think I told anyone for about two days. <laughs> <laughs> um, for anyone that doesn't know, the Osset is just brilliant. So it's an electric trials bike. And I think we got that for Finn when we was, when he was like I mean, it was too big for him really, but. It was absolutely family. brilliant. Like this, this, this is a training tool for, well, really, it's a trials bike, but we never really yeah. used it for trials, did we? But we, we make, I'd make Finn um, like a figure of eight and I'd make him a little track on grass and I'd get him going into a corner, squeezing the rear brake on, sliding it, backing it in at six, seven years old, and then jamming that throttle on and, and learning to slide it on, on slippy grass. And I think that's how he, he started to develop a lot of his bike control and stuff. Mm, but yeah. it's a wicked tool because it's quiet it's it's so there's, well, it's electric it's electric so you can go yeah. out, out to a field and you can any and a kid can, can ride it and it's instead of people if you went like in, on a motocross bike on a field people come up to you and be like what the hell do you think you're doing yeah, yeah, yeah. all the parents would come out wouldn't they yeah but uh, people come out and they're, they're interested about it and they, they see a kid having fun and they, they seem to be absorbed into it a little bit better because it's quiet and it's not not quite in your face and aggressive not, is it? not but, as intrusive yeah yeah but that was a wicked tool for Finn. Still is a good tool. I think yeah. they're brilliant. So oh. where, where, where's in, in as far as Team Whedon is concerned? Where, where's the the racing love affair started, Steve? Did did you used to race, or is it just? No. Uh, is it is it just? Stop. Is it, don't go there. Come on, Finn. Should we bring him? something. Just don't go there. Oh. <laughs> don't gonna, go in a minute, he's going to talk about his his uh, illegal no. racing career, oh, illegal yeah, street racing. <laughs> Yeah, I told you, I don't go there. Whenever no anyone asks racing. him, whenever no anyone asks racing. him, it's uh, no, I didn't do this race. Who's no. race illegally, though? <laughs> yes, okay. It's just because you've had a very posh upbringing and you didn't grow up on a council estate like me. Oh, oh, right. end of. You're, you're a Millwall hooligan as well, weren't no, you? No, I wasn't. It was Chelsea. You oh, Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So, so one football game. I take it all. Start, it all started then from you jumping on that mini motor at Brands Hatch, then Tom. Basically, yes. Because yeah. I went there to go and watch the racing. Well, I actually started. The very first place I ever rode was in Spain, and we went go-kart. You went to take me oh, go-karting. I did let you And I said, no, so I don't want to go on a go-kart. And we went on this little dirt bike. Mini dirt bike thing. Yeah. Do you remember when we drove past it? On the way from Califone, we went testing. We actually drove past this kart track, and I said to Finn, yeah, but that's where all of this began, mate. <laughs> I mean, the car tracks there, but the little dirt tracks. No, nice. it's gone. Yeah. But that very little spot of whatever it was, 30 square metres. I, of... I did expect him to fall off, and he didn't. 
Bruce Ferguson bit him to fall off, but he didn't. And he kept going round and round this thing and taking more and more money out of my pocket. <laughs> so how, how much time do you reckon you put into the, the bike building then in itself, Steve? Oh, ridiculous. Stupid amounts of time. If I wasn't self-employed, it wouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, you just can't. I mean, even when, when Tom was on mini motors and I was maintaining at that point three mini motos because he rode in three different classes and it would be every evening in the garage, fettling playing, making things simpler. Uh, and then when we got to the track, um, I think at one point I had enough dry wheels for all, all three bikes, but I only had two sets, three sets of, or two sets of wets. So in between races, I was taking them out of one bike, put them into another bike so we could get out for a race. It was just, Constant. And it was constant. constant. I was on one, off one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sometimes he'd come off a race. I'd be waiting in pit lane for him with the other bike really warmed up. He'd jump off one, jump on the other. I'd pick that one up, take it back, get it prepped and ready for the next race. Yeah. Um, it was just, yeah. Um, that's what that's what like Fab is all about, though, in club racing. Well, it it's is. All it's, of yeah. it's, it's, like, it's no on, different than when you go to you got a you got a club race uh, and and the, and the test day, fifteen minute session. So. Uh, if you're racing a couple two of bikes, two bikes, you're out half of every hour. Half of yeah. every hour, you're you're on track. The other half, you're prepping the bike, ready to get back out again. Yeah. Um, and with these two, it, it's uh, I don't stop. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's so, it, it's for for people that sit at home watching the sport. It's it's the piece that nobody ever really computes. Is it? They don't see the bit behind it when you're late late at night, out in the garage, trying to get an engine back in or trying to sort out a problem. Um, they're loading up everything loading yeah. up uh, the evening before because if you've got to load up the evening before because as soon as you finish work the next night you're on the road to go like when we go to Scarborough like this this time we just went to Scarborough I thought I got it sussed everything was ready to go five o'clock on the road yeah, <laughs> and it was still half past midnight because they shut the A1M uh, right so tell us about these diversions because um, as I understand it Tom you are Freaking crap with a map. No. <laughs> Stephen right. is bad with trust. Stephen has trust, trust issues. Right. There, is, there is a trust no, issue. No, no. I, I agree that Stephen is bad with trust. You never listen to any of us when we say maps. <laughs> we no. tell you where you're going. You're like, no, going this way. I'm going right. this way. I know best. <laughs> right, there's, there's two routes to go to Scarborough, um, up the A1M. And when you get to, I think it's the M18. Yeah. yeah whatever ways always wants to take you down the down there and down the 62 which is fine if you was in a car if you're in a seven and a half ton truck that was built in 1994 and you're going up and down hills oh you don't hill, yeah you don't have to be going over at worlds and the last hill like has got escape lanes yeah, yeah. And i shit myself the only time i've ever gone down it yeah really yeah i could not stand on the brake hard enough to stop me yeah so i always ignore satanaf until I've got past there and heading towards York and pick up the 64. And now if I go in on the 64, although it's a little bit iffy in places, I can get a tramp on. Um, so we're in between the M18 and the turn off for the 64. Uh, and Satnav gives a diversion. Ignore that. Ain't taking it. Then we get to the next one. And the diversion is because they've shut the A1M. Fine. But it took us to this little farm track. And I say it's a farm track. It was a single track carriageway with soft verges and hedges and banking off an angle going down. 
You would have thought it was a motorway, wouldn't you? The amount of cars lined up. And all the cars was all lined up. And and I worked it out. It was three and a half miles uh, to the end before we got back onto the next A road. Uh, And while I'm sitting there, Google Maps is going ping, 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 because it keeps saying it was a faster route. There's a faster faster route. And when I look at it, the reason it's a faster route is because they keep shutting the A1M further and further and further and further up. Yeah, so it keeps diverting us. Um, and while we're on this, this track, about five or six cars had decided uh, an open area further up to turn around and, and go a different way. So I've got it wedged as far as I could onto the soft verge, almost in the hedge, and they're trying to come past until the last one, which was an Audi. And it kept waving at me to get over. So I opened the window. I said, look, put it in the edge. Off because <laughs> I can't go any further. It's <laughs> so always an Audi, mate. It's always yeah. an Audi. And so he put it in the hedge uh, and he got past in the end. Anyway, so we got to the end of this um, this track, and that's when I worked out why there was a three and a half mile tailback. There was a set of traffic lights, and it was four cars, then change for nearly two minutes, and then four cars, and then change for nearly two minutes <laughs> just to get out onto this road. Jesus. Yeah. So whoever most upset. designed. This this diversion had obviously done it on a on a, a map recce rather than a route recce. Yeah. And and didn't understand that there was a set of traffic lights because it just completely killed everything that night. And, and then say we got into I should have been in Scarborough just after eleven. And I think we got there about half twelve. So it wasn't that bad, I suppose. <laughs> Jesus. But yeah. Yeah, you definitely, you definitely don't know going down the walls though in a seven and a half ton or whatever weight your truck is. Well, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, the thing is, I mean, um, one year we came back from the Isle of Man and uh, we have to go on a Waybridge. So they, 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 they weigh it so they know how much is on the boat. They're not really that fast. And he looked at it and he threw it on the floor when he weighed it. Uh, and I said, so uh, Gordon, tell me how much it was. He said, you don't really want to know. I said, no, you're yeah, gone. So he wrote it down on a bit of paper gave it to me i was 8.6 bloody <laughs> hell but it's a camper it's registered yeah. as a camper so they couldn't really get me could they fair one <laughs> <laughs> i don't know <sighs> so finn what's the aspirations then for the rest of this season apart from winning <laughs> uh at the moment i think i'm just taking every round uh, one step at a time. Obviously, I want to win the championship, and I think I'm fast enough to win the championship if everything goes to plan. Um, I'm just taking every round one step at a time. Uh, I want to get past Donington because Silverstone is quite an anomaly of a track because it's just it's a four corner, five corner track uh, with it's very fast, uh, very flowing, not a lot of hard breaking zones, not a lot of technical parts. Um, so it's a bit of an anomaly on the calendar. So I, I want to get to Donington, prove I can do it at Donington. Um, and then after that, I think I'll be more confident. Um, and also after that, the rounds come at you a bit quicker. So it'll be yeah. less of this waiting in between of, ooh, yeah, so. You, you, guys, you guys don't go up to Knock Hill, do you? No, we do. Yes, we do. Oh, do you? Yeah, so we got uh, our, our round better. is. It gets even better because he's got an exam on the Friday. Yeah, so basically I've got a physics exam Friday morning. So I'm booked on a flight at one o'clock out of uh, Gatwick. So I'm doing my physics exam, finishing my physics exam at 10.30. Then I have to get mum, I think someone is driving me and mum to the airport. 
and we're getting on a plane at one o'clock. Our flight arrives in Edinburgh for about 2.30. Should be at the airport and driving by three, which means we should be at the track by about 3.30. BSB are really accommodating. They said in the briefing at the beginning of the season at Silverstone that they know we've got exams this year, whatever they can do to accommodate uh, people having exams. uh, They'll put uh, sessions at the end of the day, stuff like that, because that's what they did last year. I think there was an exam at Donington, just like there is an exam at Donington also this year. So they're going to put practice at the end of the day. And if everything goes to plan and the flights don't get cancelled, if the flights get cancelled, I just have to accept it. But if the flight doesn't get cancelled, all the timings work. I should get to Knockhill for 3.30-ish. <coughs> be out on track for five o'clock-ish on practice. Um, it's just going to be a very stressful day. Uh, that's saying, I've got to drive up on my own yeah, on Wednesday. Dad, that's the only very big downside of it all. Dad has to drive up to Knockhill, 12-hour drive, all on his own. Um, because wow. I have to do a physics exam. But hopefully, if everything goes to plan, we should be able to get there. We should be fine. Bloody hell. That's, <laughs> that, my, yeah. my, my, my daughter's doing her GCSEs at the moment and she's stressing about the GCSEs. Now, she hasn't got all that shit that she's got <laughs> going on to worry about, which is making me think she needs to get a grip. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, um, we, got, we got something similar at Donington. Yeah, same, same thing at Donington, except it's a lot easier to get to Donington. So yeah. I'll drive up with mum and dad, obviously, on Thursday, on Wednesday night, set up on Thursday, and then Thursday night, I got me and mum will have to drive the car home. Um, I've got maths exam Friday morning. So I think Friday the 16th of June, uh, 16th of May, sorry. I've got maths exam that morning. So I'm doing the maths exam, and then my maths exam will also be done about 10.30. I've got to get out, out of my maths exam. Mum's going to drive me to Donington, and I should be at Donington for about, one o'clock, so Donington will be a lot easier because yeah. it won't be as stressful. Even well, if there is traffic, I should get there before uh, practice. So Donington will be less stressful, but still, I've got two rounds this season where um, I've got to come out of an exam and get straight on into a car to get to the racetrack. Um, but I think that'll be fine. So if, I'm going, if I go back to what I was saying about my aspirations, then I'm going to get past Donington, prove I can do it, and then take every round uh, one step at a time from there. I'm not um, Knockhill is not that I'm not looking forward to it, but I've never been to Knockhill. So yeah. I think Knockhill will be my weakest track on the calendar because I've never been there before. I don't know anything about the track in terms of how to ride it. I've been I've watched a few onboards um and I think a couple of people have told me what it's like, how to ride it. But and you've watched Tom fall off a lot there. Yeah, I watched Ooh. Tom not fall off a lot. You, you, you raced up there every Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I've ever finished a race there. Even <laughs> Out racing the stock six, even the rerun race at Croft, didn't you fall off on that one as well? Yeah, yeah, nice little high side that one. That was good. Yeah, yeah. so he's Tom's fallen off a lot of that knock hill. So I, I watched him. We I only ever got one race as well, so it was GP one two five. Didn't we get a rod skin rug at one knock hill? When they yeah, cut, you out, your cut out my levers, yeah, 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 yeah. But <clears> knock hill was quite like a big race actually. So it seems weird because uh, obviously I'm from Kent, so is Tom. Um, and dad, but my mum and her family are all from Perth, so really near to Knockhill. So uh, when I go up to Knockhill this season, um, uh, my grandparents will be there. I think some of the other family are going to come down. Uh, so it'd be quite nice to have uh, my family there at Knockhill. Yeah. yeah. The thing about Knockhill is it's, it's such a small little track. It's a bit like Silverstone. It's like, was it four or five corners? Like you, you'll pick it up so quick. Yeah, that's, I'm hoping I pick it up quick. And it's the uh, same for everyone. Mostly, well, mostly. Kick, I think I think there's a couple of Scottish lads who've been around there about thirty times in their life. Um, 
but they haven't got the talent enough. So yeah, so I, I, that, I'm not. I'm not saying I'm not looking forward to it. I'm still looking forward to it, but I think it'll be of the, the round the, season. It'll be my weakest. It's the, it's, it's the potential banana skin. Yeah, but yeah. He, I think even if I don't do as well at knockout, I still. I've still got confidence. I still um, have a chance going into the next round. I think we've got, after that, I think we've got World Two Bike at Donington, which I'm lo- really looking forward to because the only two times we've ever been to World Two Bike Donington, I've done absolutely awful. Uh, I think I crashed for three, three, three times, times over a weekend with only two races. I had four sessions in the week and I crashed three of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've not been great there in the past. <laughs> and then after that, got Snetterton Brands straight after each other. Really looking forward to Brands. I like Brands. It's my home track. Uh, so I, I'm really looking you forward to it. You said the second time you've rode the GP. It is, but I like the track. I absolutely love it around there. And I'm really looking forward to Brands. Then after that, I think it's up to Alton, uh, then back to Donington. And the last round at Donington is weird point system this year. It's uh, 35 points for a win, 32, the 30 for second, and then it goes down like that. Whereas there's a new point system for all rounds, but it's 25, 22, 20, 18, 16, 14, 12, 10, 9, 8, no, 8, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Yeah. Uh, no, it goes to 2. No, it goes to 1. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's a new point system for every round, but for Donington, definitely there's a, definitely it's a like big... almost a double point system. Well, almost. Um, it's to bring, so, it in line, it's bring it in line with the showdown with the, with the members. Yeah, it is. Yeah, that's, it. That's, yeah. That's, that's how they... Because they've done away with the showdown, they've had to make it so that you can't run away with the championship. Yeah, and yeah. I, I've looked at how the points work out, uh, and it will definitely make the, the last round the title decider. You won't be able to win it before the last round. Uh, well, and if you are, it's very, very unlikely. So i got to go into there. Um, i got to go into this part, like the, the season, knowing that I've got to keep going all the way until the last round. Yeah. Um, because Donington will be where the title's decided. Even if it, even if I'm not battling for the championship at that point, I hope I am, but even if I'm not, that'll be where position to decide. You can go from like second or third in the championship all the way down to sixth because of how many points you could score there. You could win two races there, score 70 points, <laughs> whereas on a previous weekend, if, yeah, you're going to score 50, so you're get, gaining an extra third place. You're getting two wins and a third place if you finished first there twice. Yeah. Um, so Donington will be a big round. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. I think I'm also riding the 600 at, at NG. Um, I think I mentioned that earlier. Um, apart from Donington. Apart from Donington, because I'm not allowed to do that one because it's the week before BSB. Mm. Yeah. It's a seven-day rule. And even if it's a different track, as in different track layout, even if it's a different bike, they think you will gain an advantage. Well, I, I, I can right. agree with them on that one. I think I would. Um, so it's a totally fair rule. Uh, you you shouldn't be able to gain an unfair advantage. I think they brought that rule in a few years ago because... Well, they well, did. Now, let me just come come back into it. Right. When Tom was racing the BSB, you could race seven days before at a track if you was competing in that championship. Oh, yeah. So they, they did However, that rule. they would take your free practice away from you. They couldn't really do that right. in our class, though, because we only get one free practice session and we're straight into qualifying if we don't do that free practice. I don't think that would be a fair way of doing it. So I, I completely agree with not letting me do the Donington round. That's a fair rule. It's the same for everyone. Um, so, yeah, but I'm, I'm looking forward to riding the 600 NG as well. As, like I said earlier, I think it would just be a lot of fun. And it'd be riding without pressure and without stress. So yeah. it'd be, be a good year, I think, this year. I'm looking forward to this year. And I just want to end the year, uh, obviously, with a championship trophy, but... I just want to end the year knowing that I've done the best that I could have done uh, and I've 
fought at the front of a, of BSB for the whole season. So the last round of this season, then. Yep. Is it going to be you and Tom lining up at Lord Lydon? Oh. No. Oh. <laughs> Something clashes. Something clashes. No, you can't ride at Lord Lydon until he's eighteen because their insurance won't allow it. How about he, he rode there at twelve under Fab's insurance? Yeah. You can't ride there until he's eighteen when he gets onto a bigger bike. But right. the same weekend is the Mallory Trophy. So how about instead we line up at Mallory together? Oh yeah. In the, oh yes. In the Mallory Park Trophy chat class because you can ride a six hundred in that class. Me versus you. I'll win, and we can finally settle the debate. But Let's I have am it. Than you. Let's have it. I love Mallory. <laughs> Steve's no shaking chance. his head, thinking, "Oh you my are, god, you are getting t-bunged into Gerard's power." <laughs> We've already proved that I'm faster in a straight line than you because I weigh yeah. like thirty kilo less than you. Yeah, on a stock, on a stock six hundred, <laughs> you're faster in a straight line than my bloody stupid R six that cost me loads of money to get anywhere near fast, and it's still not fast. Yes, so I'm just put away <laughs> off the line, and then. You're just never going to see me again. Pretty oh, much. You can't pull away anyway. Can't yeah. start. Oh, I, 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 I was, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you have a head start. Mate. I was gritting my teeth watching all of us. Your starts are absolutely awful. Dave Bell mm-hmm. likes your starts. Oh, he thinks they're great because it gives him a chance to get in front of you. <laughs> my, my starts. I got the whole shot at Silverstone and second on the other race. Your starts. You managed to start pole and end up about seventh in the turn one. Race isn't one at the start, mate. It's one at the end. <laughs> yeah, but I think you'd be probably in the lead and mate, win it earlier if you could actually start oh, properly. Mate, I'll let you have a little lead. I'll let you. Oh, let, okay. I'll let. I'll, I'll lull you into a full sense of security. Should we, uh, should we go back to the one where you you was going to ride the four hundreds against him? A pair of you was going to ride. Oh, the- that was out of order. Finn got COVID, <laughs> and because I didn't have my jabs, he knew that if he grasped me up, saying that I was in contact with him, that I would have to spend two weeks in my house, fucking. In prison, even though I didn't have COVID, <laughs> just because I saw him, just because I was in contact with him, he grasped me up to make sure I couldn't go to Pembury anyway. <laughs> he got COVID on purpose, I think. He was scared. I, two bikes lined up, equal bikes, yeah, to ride at Pembury, and Finn got COVID. Have you he still was. got? Have you, have you still got two foot? Two? No. no, unfortunately. Well, I have. I've got one in bits that's basically a road bike without but, an um, engine. Without well, the engine's a spare engine. But basically, the one that was his NG bike from last year, um, I turned it into a BSB bike and sold it onto this. Yeah, so I'll be the first to admit that Finn would beat me on a four hundred. So basically, oh, I would definitely. Finn's bike's already been round Oliver's Mount, but he ain't going round with it. No, I do want to go round Oliver's Mount. You're not going round Oliver's Mount. I don't. I, I want to mention that I don't want to do any proper road racing. I, I'm going to leave that to Tom to be next to walls and stuff. Uh, I'm quite happy with air fences and. Gravel and run off. Yeah, <laughs> there ain't none at Oliver's Mount. No, but I'd like to do Oliver's Mount. I'd like to do a, a race weekend there. I, I wouldn't want to do a Northwest or TT or anything like that, but I'd like to do a race weekend at Oliver's Mount when I'm 18. So I know why your dad doesn't want you to do Oliver's Mount because as soon as you've done Oliver's Mount, it'll be like, oh, I like this road stuff. <laughs> I like this. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, like I think, I think I'd, I'd, I'd do a, I'll stick to the track, stick to BSB, but. When I'm 18, I'll have a goal as Mount uh, on whatever bike I've got at the time. So what? Nah, that's good enough for me. I think a 400. Still on a 400. I think a going around there a 400 would be It would be good, yeah. 
I think I, I, I could do quite well on that. Before, That's no. the first time you've ever, ever given a slight bit of permission. You've just got the, you just got your permission, Finn. He just said. No, no, I'm good no. then. Okay, I'm happy. I'm, I'm good to go. Won't <laughs> 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 be 18 to ride rollers, man. Yeah, two years time. You've also got to not have two broken legs, I think, Finn. Hmm? You've also got to not have two broken legs. He's not going to break my legs. If oh, he, yeah. he won't be able to catch me. <laughs> <laughs> So the uh, the jury's out then on who's the fastest Sweden. No, no, no. I am no. the fastest Sweden. Finn <laughs> is the fastest Sweden on a four hundred on a safe little rough well, okay. cotton wool no, circuit. I've got like facts and evidence that I'm quicker than Tom. Tom never won a BSB race in his whole BSB career. Bearing in mind he rode uh, BSB for four years. Four, four years was it? Okay, so he never won a BSB race in four years, including in the Triumph Triple Challenge, which wasn't really a BSB race. <laughs> um, we had Pete Ward and Atkinson and... and, uh, and uh, Luke Jones. Luke Jones and... Who okay, else was it? but yeah. did you win it? He almost did. Did, he did threw it in the gravel. Did you win a race at, he, in the Triumph Triple Challenge? He got a pole. He no, got a pole. Finn. No, Finn, I did not. Tom Whedon, in, in Tom Whedon, his whole BSB career, I looked at the stats the other day, he had one pole and he had one second place. Ask Netton. I've already beat that. I've had uh, no first poles. place at Silverstone. Yeah, but I'll have pole. Well, technically, if there was three races at Silverstone, I would have had pole. Because I had the fastest lap in the second race. Anyway, recently, in the last two weeks, how many races have you won? Okay, let's have a look at... No, no, many, answer me the question. Uh, me. How, how many races have I won? Compared to how many races I competed in versus how many, how many have I won? Two. One. How many have you won compared to how many races you've competed in? You've won two out of seven races in the last few weeks. In the last few weeks, I've won one out of two races. So if I do the maths quickly, that means I've won 50% of the races I competed in and you've won. Cool. I, I can't do that maths that quickly. Yeah, six, seven races. Two out of seven. Two out of seven is bad. That, that's not even, that's like less than 33%. So. You, you haven't even got anywhere near to me, Tom. I'm uh, sorry, but I'm quick. Well, anyway, you race with one. kids. Yeah, you, you race with kids. Like, a pterodactyl on a classic. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I race with adults. Like, like big boy racing. Oh, big no, boy no, racing. Anyone that rides the road cannot be called an adult. So you can't say, you can't reuse that one. They're not adults. The age range in my class is 15, 14 to 22. So I'm actually a child racing against adults, which makes it even, even better that I beat them. Technically, you're not a child anymore. Okay. Right, Jamie's not here, so we can't ask you the question about what's your favourite type of porn, although legally <laughs> we can. Um, what card would you get rid of? Oh, I've been thinking about this. I think it'd have to be Donington Park, last corner on the GP track. It's, it's so awfully, awfully bumpy through there. The tarmac's been resurfaced about... 17 times in the last three years and so there's just random bits of tarmac all put together you try and go through there with any sort of lean angle you're just gonna lose the front i hate it never no i'd get rid of it no questions asked they, everybody's pretty much said that on the top mm. yeah <laughs> um right but don't let that phase you because when it, when you're going into the last round of bsb and the championship's on the line and you're going into that last corner <laughs> you yeah. need to take that out of your head man was that, was that the last corner when you done fraser rogers yeah but at a support race at GP. Yeah, that was a good move, that. Mm. Only because you had the red miss. Oh, no, I just... I'm coming through or we're both going down. 
Sorry, but that's a classic block pass round there. This yeah, is, that is. It's <laughs> such a good corner for a block pass. Oh, it's good pass for a block. Good corner for a block pass. The problem is like everyone hates it, but that's the, that's a good thing. Everyone hates it, so yeah, you know yeah. that you know that other people are going in there timid as well, like, especially on the last lap. Oh, definitely. But, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, from any era of motorcycle racing, which bike would you most want to race? One of the movie star. No, not movie star. Yeah, we always movie star. One of the movie star Yamahas. From I think 2013, uh, particularly if I could choose the uh, Catalonia one, uh, where Lorenzo versus Rossi. Uh, those bikes just look amazing. It was before the wings in MotoGP. They look completely clean. They standard amazing. I just think beautiful bikes. If racing doesn't pan out as a career, what yep. profession? What profession would you want to go on to do? Oh, well, I want to do, I think I want to do sports science. Uh, I want to go to uni and do sports science. So I want to do something with sports science. I want to stay. I think this is a bit of a cheat answer because I want to stay in the racing paddock. And I, if I can't race the bikes myself, I want to stay in the racing paddock and do something in the paddock, like help a rider or a team or something like that. So this is one that might make your dad squirm a little bit. What advice uh, would you give to racing dads? I'd say uh, not be too pushy. Um, but also don't just let them not like try, uh, get them into racing as soon as you can. I think I got into racing too late and Tom definitely got into racing too late. Um, and I'd say never, never worry the kids about like crashing or money. Obviously those are important things, but it's not the right thing to be putting into their head before they go out. So just let them ride and not worry about crashing the bike. Fair douche. What age did you start again? Six? Yeah, I started six, yeah. And you, th- you think that was too late? Well, I don't think it was too late. Like, I think I, there's, I definitely started a lot earlier than some people. But if I, could, if I could start my kid racing when I have a kid, I'd start him at three years old. Riding, at least, yeah. You can't race oh, until you're... No, you can't race until you're four. No, you can't race until you're six. No, it's five, I think, actually. Yeah, five, yeah, yeah. you can't race until you're five. You can yeah. start doing the test days at four. But I'd have him on a bike... Or, motor, or an electric bike, yeah. The electric bike. I haven't ridden one of them at three years old. I think if they want to, though, if they want to, if, yeah, they, if they don't enjoy it, then yeah, obviously not. But but if they want to, definitely get them on a bike as early as possible. I think three years old, get on a bike. It just gives you so much more as you grow up because you're you're not scared of the speed. Yeah. Do you reckon now is a good time to announce my business plan? Or I think it's a very good time to announce your business plan. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the whole of the journey to Spain discussing this. So uh, this business plan is going to make millions. So it's a, it's a fetal motorbike simulator. Um, <laughs> fetal <we're gonna> insert, <laughs> <laughs> insert it into said pregnant woman and have our kids um, learning the motorbike tracks, gears, uh, everything that they'll, they'll be they'll be going through a whole like fetal university of racing, uh, and they'll come and out a simulator in there. Uh, they'll come out knowing every gear shift at every track and mate it's just yeah I'm a, I'm I'll, take, a winner. I'll take I'll take it it was a long drive to to spin oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, 100% the other one was a bit off topic here but so we were discussing cheese and and stuff and um so you know how like do you not find it weird like this is a bit weird like I, I'm just a bit weird like this I get these weird, <laughs> these weird thoughts but like do you not find it weird that we find it okay to drink another animal's milk, but like our own species, we find it weird like to drink our own like milk. Like, I've never tried it. I don't know what it tastes like, but well, obviously I have tried it when I was a baby. I probably quite liked it. But uh, yeah, so we're going to make human 
breast milk cheese and cheese, uh, cheese milkshakes, um, <laughs> yogurt, yogurt, ice cream. Yeah, and it, we're gonna it's gonna be like the new vegan trend. No. <laughs> oh, Jesus, onto a winner. <laughs> Bloody hell! <laughs> totally ridiculous. <laughs> right, last question: Spider Man or Batman? Spider Man, obviously, easy answer. Always. Spider-Man. Always Spider-Man. And why? Well, Batman isn't a real superhero. You can't just decide to be a superhero because you're really rich. That doesn't make sense. To be a superhero, you have to, like... Be bitten by a radioactive yeah, spider. Yeah, be bitten by a radioactive spider, jump in a, like, vat of radioactive waste, uh, come from a different planet. There's got to be some sort of backstory that's not just, oh, my parents died, I got depressed, and I had loads of money. <laughs> that doesn't seem fair. Fair dues. <laughs> <laughs> No, to be to be fair, you can't argue with that because everybody else that said Spider Man has pretty much said the the same thing. Ryan Gar <laughs> Ryan Garside went in, into a little bit more depth and went into a white white privilege and all that kind of stuff. But <laughs> the answer was pretty much thereabouts. Um, right, gents, very best of luck for the rest of the season. Um, I I will be coming along to uh, to the paddock to see how we're getting on because obviously I've got a little bit of a vested interest. <laughs> and uh, yeah, um, honestly, best of luck. And if Mallory does happen, let me know because I will be there. It will happen. Yeah. <laughs> so, gents, thank you very much for uh, tonight. It's been a wicked podcast. Uh, Tom, any final words? No, just uh, obviously, I hope everyone has been put to rest and understands that I am, of course, the fastest Sweden. But Finn is, 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 is closing up and he's, he's pushing, he's working at it. And uh, I, I, do you know what? Honestly, think oh, one day I know I know this kid is going to be so good, and I love him to bits. And obviously, I'm only joking when I say that he's crap and he's slow. But yeah, one day he's going to get there and he's going to do good. So, and I'm so proud of the way he rode at Donington and Donington, bloody Sil Silverstone. And uh, yeah, I know he's going to smash it this year. So, yeah, we're still the fastest Sweden, but he's going <laughs> to. Finn, when I catch up with you, I'll show you the messages that Tom sent me. Did he, he, did he get yeah. No, he knows that he's on borrowed time. <laughs> oh, God. So, gents, this has been mega. Thank you very much for agreeing to join us. And, Thank uh, you for having me. Um, it's been a great experience. Thank you. So, a huge thanks to uh, Finn and Steve for joining us tonight uh, on the podcast. Um, listen, all you guys out there that are listening and continue to support the podcast, we massively appreciate it. Uh, please continue to keep doing everything that you do on social media with the thumbs up and all that kind of malarkey. Um, and yeah, uh, tune into next week's. And uh, yeah, if you've enjoyed this one, leave us a review and uh, continue to spread the word for us. Nice one. Cheers. Cheers.